1: Thursday, December 30th, 2021. I can't believe it's already just about New Year's Eve. We're going to put a bow on 2021 and usher in 2022. I've had a little bit of technical difficulty. So if I kind of disappear for a second or if you hear any glitches, that's live radio for you. I'm going to try to keep it as smooth as possible because today is the comeback. Of Gino Bacola. The prodigal son has returned. He will be with us in just a few short moments here. So let's kick things off by talking about 2021. And before we move on to 2022, which hopefully will be a better year than 2021 and better than most certainly 2020, let's kind of talk about some of the uh, great moments. What are the highlights? What are the things that maybe stand out to you guys about 2021, Uh, it was a unique year in a lot of different ways. I suppose each and every year is, but you've heard the term new normal. And I think that this is a year where we kind of figured out a little bit about how to resume life in this quote unquote new normal. And uh, we saw that firsthand with NFL and NFL modifying their protocol, their rules for how to deal with COVID, et cetera. Um, but I kind of want to talk about more of the X's and O's or the on-field stuff that was remarkable. You know, we saw the, the Greek freak winning a world title, somebody from a small market that won it, somebody that's not the Lakers or, you know, an East Coast team, et cetera, middle America, Milwaukee. That was a big, I guess you could call it a big deal in the sense that it's something different, right? It kind of uh, brings us back to the days of uh, Kareem. Uh, Lou Alcinder, I think, was his name back then. I don't think he had switched to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just yet. Um, but now basketball is getting into a uh, mode of, you know, maybe... The Warriors, uh, the Phoenix Suns, uh, asserting themselves. Either way, my point is it's a little bit more wide open than it was because for several years in a row, we kind of knew automatically who was going to be in the finals. So I kind of like it that it's a little bit more open. The tournament is a little bit more open. And that leads us to a new possible plan in the NBA of a tournament. I don't know all the details, Gino might be more aware of some of the details. It sounds exciting, it's going to be a mid-year tournament, there's going to be some purse money involved, I believe a million dollars per player for winning teams. Not sure exactly how it's going to work, I don't know who's going to get invited, I don't know how any of the mechanics are going to play out for that. but. Sounds like they're looking to be innovative and start something different. We saw some innovation in the NFL as well. I think this is kind of the year that we saw the wide receiver running back experiment in full force. Now, typically, you had running backs who could play the role of a wide receiver, right? We've seen that many times over the years. The one who made it legendary was Roger Craig with the San Francisco 49ers. He was a thousand yard rusher, a thousand yard receiver type before it was fashionable. There were no running backs doing that at that time. We saw Roger Craig and the 49ers utilize that in the West Coast offense. And then from there, a lot of teams, because it's a copycat league, started doing the same thing. The Niners continued it down the road with Ricky Waters. Uh, he was phenomenal at the uh, running and passing and, and you know, mid. Uh, in that west coast offense and then you know into the 2000s we saw marshall falk do it remarkably priest holmes who is one of my all-time favorites one of the more underrated players maybe the most remarkable four-year run around because keep in mind before that we were talking about running backs being in the i formation and they were bruisers and they were looking to get you 4.2 yards per carry they were rarely used uh, to catch the ball. They were sometimes used in the passing game uh, in, a, in a blocking mode, uh, not so much in a wide receiver mode, right? And most recently, we've seen McCaffrey doing the exact same thing. Calvin Camara, uh, uh, excuse me, Alvin Kamara, I said it backwards, Calvin Amara. Kamara <laughs> uh, doing the exact same thing with the Saints, But now we're seeing it evolve. Now we're seeing not just the running backs, but the wide receivers are now running the ball. It's kind of a backwards play on things. We've seen that innovation, and we've seen guys who are not necessarily considered top-tier wide receivers, so to speak, become big-time weapons. Who am I talking about? Corderell Patterson, he was with another team previously. He was with the Bears, and it was kind of known that he was kind of a Swiss Army knife, but wasn't really utilized as such with the Bears. Went on the Falcons. They utilized him early on as a guy who can get some carries, and he's done so effectively well. And then we saw Debo Samuel do it with the San Francisco 49ers. are looking at a guy who's going to get serious money here because Debo is performing the role of two positions all in one. Now, here's the irony of this innovation. And like I said, these are just some of my observations from 2021, some of the changes that we've seen. I want to provide things on this show that you wouldn't necessarily hear or talk about elsewhere, the running, the wide receiver turn running back. Um, but the thing that I'm looking at right now is this. If you remember just a few short years ago, Le'Veon Bell wanted to get paid like what? Like a wide receiver. And he was so adamant about it that he took a year off to stand his ground. So the irony here is that Le'Veon Bell, he wanted to get paid as a receiver. Receivers had always gotten paid more than running backs. So to me, it's fascinating that now we are looking at a situation to where receivers are now running the ball. So, it'll be interesting to see the direction that, that goes in terms of the financial compensation, what agents are going to be asking for. Um, but to me, this is a remarkable evolution of an innovation of the National Football League. And we're going to see more teams copy it. Believe you me, it's not just going to be Cordell, it's not going to be just Debo. We're going to see other teams doing it. I'm not sure if it's a good idea or not in the long term for these guys, but time will tell. I'm super excited. By bringing in the prodigal son, Gino Bacola is with us right now. Gino, welcome
2: back, man. Uh, Mikey, how are we doing? Uh Very happy to be back here with you. Uh, yeah, listening in. It's, I think, smart when you're able to get the best players on your team the ball, but then you start worrying about the durability, right? It's always exactly. like you got to weigh the the pros and the cons, you got to weigh the strengths kind of, and you were talking about the contract. I guess it's kind of similar. You think about in baseball now, how the pitchers are used sometimes, you know, and you get these, you relievers who are now sort of starters and they've got these kind of hybrid roles. And then you've got these starters who aren't getting the same amount of innings. So they're probably not going to get as big of contracts. It's going to be kind of weird, you know, as that position evolves. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. And,
1: and how I got into this at the top of the show, Gino, uh, and I don't know how far back you were listening. I was just talking about the year in review for 2021 and some of the remarkable things that we've seen, some of the changes. But I wanted to hit on stuff that maybe you wouldn't hear on, you know, ESPN or more mainstream type broadcast, kind of a unique angle. Talked about, you know, a mid-market team like the Milwaukee Bucks winning it. That was really cool. Uh, NBA super wide open, and then some of these changes that we've seen in the NFL because the running back position used to just be used, you know, I formation. You know, battering ram, get you four yards per carry, keep it moving. Think of Vince Lombardi all the way through to the 80s. Roger Craig with the Niners was the first yeah. thousand, thousand guy, West Coast offense, on to Ricky Waters, the Marshall Falk, to Christine McCaffrey. Now we're seeing the evolution going the other way. It's interesting to me, though, Gino, because we don't know what's going to happen to them physically. And I think you were kind of hinting at that. Um, ultimately, I think guys want to get paid as wide receivers and not as running backs so this may create kind of a a, a new market what are some of the things that you've that you could recollect about 2021 that have been interesting or different or things that'll when you think of 2021
2: this is the year that i saw x you know this just the last two years of uh the adjustments with everything you know um we've seen it it's pretty impressive that with everything going on in the world um i i i knock on i don't want to get scary but like the leagues have done a really good job with a lot of people getting sick with people dying and stuff that they've they've uh, they've had outbreaks but we haven't really heard of anybody being seriously seriously ill i think there's some people that have had stuff happen i think for as much negative as there's been with everything happening for all of us i mean the reason why people are listening to this show is because they're sports fans and for us in a very selfish sense like so many of us come home and watch sports It was after everything that happened A couple years ago and in the last couple years We've had some dark times and dark moments It's always just um, I think I've, I have i kind of hit on this a little bit I've learned to appreciate what we have With the games because they were Taken away from us um, You know as a fan as a better As a player as a, someone who plays fantasy Sports all of them I, you know I, right now, I'm not nearly as pissed off as I would normally be with as bad as the Lakers are. Let's just say that. <laughs> I'm, yeah, no, I, it's totally understandable. There's there's little things like that. So it's it's just amazing um, that we're here and it looks like we're about to finish up another NFL season, which is really cool. We're only two weeks remaining from not having to had cancel any games this year. Had to change some things here and there. And, and you know, maybe, maybe it was a little unfair for some teams, again, based on stuff they had to deal with. But I think overall, just getting to this point Ah, uh, getting to the end of the year again and having completed so much, I'll just all will none of us will ever forget these couple years in this era. And hopefully, when we hopefully in a year or two, we'll we'll just look back at this as something that it was long, long ago. But, um, I mean, right now the NBA has used more players this year. I think the number, the record number, was 541, the most players ever used in one year they've already shattered that record right now. They're not even halfway through the season. <laughs> the most players played on like in the league by all teams combined. Um and so they they're like just something that we'd have never thought about a couple years ago. And and uh, and here we are now. And um let's let's continue on cuz playoffs are coming and this is a pretty pretty wide open year, I think in in all sports leagues which makes it really fun in the NBA. Maybe a couple teams towards the top in the in the NFL It feels like I, Maybe the, the Chiefs are kind of Rounding back into form but After that it's pretty Wide open out there which makes it really fun for us So let's hope that We can move on and, and Hope that every year is a little bit better but I will, I'm just never going to forget how different These last couple years were How unique having football games on Tuesdays Again right and, and Like just stuff like that you didn't you'd never expect Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, look,
1: the thing that I like is that the league as a whole has really taken an approach of uh, open-mindedness very recently, right? Look, there are strains or strands or whatever it's called that are more dangerous than others. They're not all exactly the same. And so you had a lot of players this go around really complain and be like, hey, I'm fine. I just tested positive. I'm fine. I can play. I and I'm okay with with that sentiment because I don't think that there's a lot necessarily transmitted on the football field. Um, so the NFL took that into consideration and and listened. Uh obviously if there's a more dangerous uh you know type of outbreak that goes on, I suspect that they will instead of ease, they will do the opposite of that. I think so. Um, t-
2: I think for me, I think so too. I think for me the thing that had less to do with like the health in a very crass sense and had less to do with like the health and safety and just more to do with like the competitive balance. Like if I were the, if I were one of the teams who had to have players miss because of 10 day protocols a little earlier on, I'd be a little frustrated right now. Absolutely. We're able to get their guys back in five games. Look at the Browns, you know, Baker Mayfield missed a game. And then when he came back, he hadn't practiced any, any, didn't look very good yeah but and the that, tough part about that you know is that you know we were kind of like
1: hearing about delta oh, that, you're
2: 100 right right <laughs> that, know, it's, it's really tough but it's unfair that, to some teams yeah you're right it's very unfair and it's and again like it's it's the safety is obviously the most important it was just shocking to me and i think it's good that they did it because it's good that the sports should reflect what is going on in the rest of the world and if the, if the changes were made to just Everyday life then that should be more reflective In sports completely agree It just normally most leagues Don't make changes in the middle of the year No I, They'll make and that's what's so different about The like the era that we're in In a pandemic they're trying to Get these games played they're doing everything they Can it just like A few days ago it was like oh Carson Wentz Is out and he's not vaccinated he's Done I mean he's not going to be here for 10 days and they, they flipped it and now It's five days so he Probably will if I mean, he has the ability to get pl- to be playing in their game on Sunday. It's just crazy how it's Well, I think. It, I think it, this is kind of what a, a lot of people have hoped
1: for, which is let's just use common sense when it comes to this stuff. If it's a really, really lethal outbreak, take measures that reflect oh, yeah, yeah. that. If yeah. it's it, if it's if it's not a very, very um, harmful one for the vast, vast majority then let's not make it overly restrictive. You know, it kind of calls on each person as an individual to kind of do the right thing. And, uh, the, you know, the NFL they need to stay home, stay home. If you've got, um, you know, any reason uh, health-wise that this can affect you worse, then, you know, take that into consideration. But otherwise, it should be business as always. Let's move forward with this current strand and hope that this is the final one Uh and it doesn't evolve to anything worse. They say supposedly that it gets if once it starts getting better, it continues in that direction. God willing, hopefully. But this is definitely a highlight or low light, depending on which way you want to see it, for 2021 for sure. But it kind
2: of gives me some reason for optimism in 2022. G. Oh yeah, I'm just shocked they did. i I'm not not even like what what you feel on like the virus and everything. I'm surprised they made that change in the middle of the season, but you know what, it kind of reminds me what some of the leagues were doing last year when in each individual state and city, which did make sense based on like where there were outbreaks, some places were able to bring fans back, right? And then they were have yes. full capacity and limited capacity, and that was when we started to like wonder like, well, that definitely seems a little unfair. You know, like, some teams can have a full stadium. Other teams, like, I remember as a Laker fan, the Lakers had nothing, like, they had such limited capacity. And then they went and played the Phoenix Suns, and that that place was going nuts. That place was nuts. And it was no doubt a major home court advantage for them that the Lakers never got. I'm not saying that was the difference between them winning and Davis got her also, But it's just, it's funny that in most leagues, most years, I mean, we'd never see something changed in the middle of the season. That's why when they did it with baseball this year and they said they were going to start cracking down more on the sticky stuff, it was like, hey, hey, this is the middle of the year. I know that you want to do this, but that's kind of weird that you're doing it. Same sort of thing right here. Um, But it's not as if this is like – Here's the difference, right? In the most common sense We're not voting on like pandemic rules Because who knows what's going to happen Like hopefully in a year or two There's not a pandemic We don't want to have that kind of like a What happens if there's a pandemic In the NFL conversation But I I was like, whoa I I couldn't believe that they did it Just from the competitive balance standpoint The like, wow Now some of these teams towards the end Aren't going to have to miss players quite as much And maybe, you know Maybe they'll get a little bit more of a a little bit of a boost towards the end of the year. I know we're coming up on a on a break and uh, we're getting set. So I want to see as many players playing on the field as possible, or on the court, like full teams. It's not fun when teams are missing four offensive linemen or sixteen players or, or or whatever it is in basketball. Or you know they've they've had to cancel some games. We all as sports fans we want to see everybody healthy, but we want to see them all back on the the court on the field and hopefully that that will happen now. I just I'm like, wow. Got if you had a you know, if you're dealing with this two weeks ago, you might have just hoped it happened now instead of then because you'd be in a lot better shape. It all comes down to
1: dollars and cents. That's how you could boil down everything. We got the playoffs coming up. We want to have Aaron Rodgers out there. We want to have Mahomes out there. We want to have all the marquee guys. We want all the eyeballs on the T V sets come those Saturdays and Sundays. And because it's about the dollars, we got to take a quick commercial timeout. Pay the bills, and we will be back right after this with Gino Bacola. I am your host, Mike Abadir. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
2: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.
0: This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at one 472 5788 That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mike at show.com Now, back to this week's program. You know, I'm
1: interested to hear some of your... Uh... You know, crazy predictions if you've got any for 2022, Gino. Uh, But before we kind of move off of 2021, we talked or I talked a little bit of basketball, quite a bit of NFL at the top of the show here. Let's not forget about baseball. It was an interesting season and you already kind of uh, brought the baseball topic um, into the conversation when you're talking about the sticky stuff for the pitchers and uh, the mid-year Actually, it's was fairly early, I suppose, but it was after the start of the season changes that MLB started enforcing and looking at, et cetera. But from a uh, team and player perspective and, and totality, I think the interesting thing about this year is it resulted in validating the one-year contract, you know? Right? I think we're going to see that being kind of a trend moving forward one year for mega bucks until I'm perfectly positioned to be
2: able to go for the 10-year deal you know what I mean mm-hmm. everybody wants more flexibility now yeah they want to be able to move all around I think that's that's gonna happen in yeah in most sports it's funny because you play to get the big contract and then when you get it you want out of it it's <laughs> kind of funny um but yeah that, that's and I mean who who knows what's gonna happen in baseball right now I mean they're not close. I don't know how close As far as like a labor and them coming back I I don't even know This just seems like there are And I think in the long run for the future of the sport of baseball It's good that they actually They're at The the point right now where there's a strike Of labor stoppage Because baseball needs to make some serious changes We've been talking about this for a while Whether it just be from the top down A lot of things about the rules About the, the pace of play and everything But I Maybe in one of those blessing in disguise things They sit down in a room, they finally hammer everything out And then the the product we get moving forward Is better, but yeah It's, they have a lot of issues There, and it makes it It makes it harder as a uh, I mean, to build your team When you know players are only going to be in and out one year I know that as a fan of a team, it's not nearly As fun When you know that players are all playing on one year contracts On I'm, I'm kind of like, get rich Maybe I can play for my next contract I've seen that a lot of years with the Lakers, and it's not fun. I I'd much rather like knowing you got guys signed for a couple years, and they're you know part of your system, and they're bought in. So it's just a diff like as is, is a fan too. We see players changing around, players flip flopping all over the place, which is the the player empowerment is good, right? The I think that the um, labor a lot of times doesn't get enough of a say, and they really should. Uh, but as a fan, you know, it does make things a little bit difficult moving forward, not not knowing. What uh, your next couple of years are going to look like all the time?
1: Yeah, which jersey to buy and which one to burn, right? <laughs> it's uh, yeah, definitely as a fan, it's it's uh, definitely a little bit quirky. You know, well, we previously had seen it only with the likes of like a like a Roger Clemens or a Brett Favre. Will I retire? Will I not retire? Okay, let me play this year, one year deal, and get on with it, right? The guys that are like late thirties, early forties. But now you're starting to see it kind of like mid-career as a possibility—a one-year deal to prove myself because I came off of an, you know, okay year, validate myself, and then get the big bucks. We didn't really see that before. A lot of players are betting on themselves, which is kind of a cool thing in a, in a way. It's smart for them, but it's a gamble as well. Um, you know, when Verlander does it, I, I get it. Right, He's probably at the tail end of his career. He could retire if he wants to, but he wants to play another one. But it's interesting to see like a mid-career hitter who is coming off of a a poor season saying, hey, I'll take a bigger deal. Let me prove myself. And there was several that ended up panning out really, really remarkably. So that was one of the big things for me, baseball-wise, that I'm going to remember in 2021, especially if this ends up being a trend that we start seeing from here on out. The other thing, too, was... Uh, And I I hate to kind of bring your Dodgers into the equation in this sense, but baseball reminded us once again, it doesn't matter what kind of super team you put on paper. You still got to play the season. You still got to play the games. Guys do get hurt. Guys get in trouble. Guys get suspended. Guys go through slumps. Guys deal with nagging injuries. And ultimately, there is no guarantee on winning that World Series ring. Baseball, more than any other sport, is wide open when it comes to that tournament. It's the beauty of it. It's the frustration of it. All of the above can be encompassed in baseball. And that's why we love it, right, G?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't, like, nothing's ever guaranteed. I don't know, like, they played really well this year, a lot of the year. They're, you know, they were a big... Like a big favorite throughout But the team that they put forth at the end of the season Wasn't really the same team The team that was quite as good As kind of projected at the very beginning of the year And that's what's great Like Atlanta was a very very deserving baseball winner They were a very very deserving winner this year And I'm I'm actually happy that they They were able to get the job done Like I never mind I think the Dodgers have a, a streak now Of seven or eight years Where they've either won or lost To the World Series winner Every that's a re- that's, remarkable run. Every team that's beat them has eliminated them ended up winning the World Series. The two years they lost in the World Series, then they won one, and then the other teams, I think as far back as the Cubs, I think it was the Cubs, uh, and then it was the Braves, and it was the Nationals were the other teams that, uh, that ended up winning it. So,
3: yeah, yeah. they've had
2: like a six or seven in a row now, which is, I mean, if you're going to lose, you lose the team that wins it all, it's not like a... Oh, you get a trophy for finishing second, but you feel pretty good about knowing that, hey, you know what? If we're going to get beat, it's generally by the team that's that's the best team that wins.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Now, really quickly, um, is Lux moving to short? And what do you think about losing your shortstop? And what are your overall kind of thoughts about the Dodgers? They got, uh, they got, got the Turner Johnson? for
2: this year also. So I mm-hmm. think, you know, that they, they he- were able— is he under contract? Yeah, Turner, when they made the trade last year, they got Trey Turner. Uh they had Trey Turner for one more year. So that was year. sort of okay, so they're They good. sort of knew when they made that trade you were gonna get Scherzer, but you were kind of also gonna have Trey under, under control for uh this year, which is really nice. Okay, so that's you've got Trey there and then you've got Lux and you've got plenty of flexibility around, which is nice. Um so that that shouldn't be too much of a problem for them there. And they've got a lot of money to spend when it, whenever they decide. You know, they didn't um sign any of the 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 bigger free agents that left. I think they just met uh, they just came to a deal with Bellinger recently. So he'll you know Were you uh, sad to see Seeger go? Yes. I'm, like but all of these guys that that leave, like Seeger was was very sad because Seeger was like a Dodger through and through. I remember oh, yeah. the first, I remember the first game he came up and played at the end of the year and when he came up as a rookie, he was immediately batting third. Like he was always just a stud from the very very beginning. And then he would He'd have these moments where he'd kind of get hurt and you'd sort of worry about him, but he, I mean, the reason, like, I'll never forget winning a World Series was him. I mean, he was the hottest player on the planet all year long, and it just would have been way too much money to pay for him, honestly. Like, he does get hurt a little bit. He's very, very good but I just don't think the Dodgers would have wanted to spend that on him. So I'm happy to see him go and get paid. I hope he does really really well. That's how I feel about a lot of these guys that leave, especially guys on teams that like help you win and do well and that guys like Jock who wanted to leave to go get more of an opportunity. Guys like Kiki who wanted to leave to go get more of an opportunity. I'm really happy to see them succeed. And yeah, those guys did really well. For
1: for a second there, I was kind of thinking, what if they made what if they moved Turner to the outfield? And keep that trio intact. Super athletic guys, Lux, Turner, Seeger. Seeger is a Dodger, like you said. Uh, I was kind of maybe I'm not a Dodger fan, but I'm a baseball fan. I was kind of hoping that they would maybe do something along those lines. But I think Turner is probably too valuable um, to convert, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Like you wanna keep his glove. Uh, and his arm in the infield. There's,
2: there's, well, there's got to be something to this because he didn't play outfield last year. When they didn't, when they when they were looking, remember they had they yep. put Lux yep. out there and Lux mm-hmm. biffed that ball, and it was like, why isn't Turner playing center field? He played center field before. That's, that's not the only answer is that maybe it just he's too valuable. And I don't know what else. I mean, he he must not want to, or he must have told them because it makes no sense that last year when they had nobody, and they had a proven center fielder that he would play second base because he would he was playing second base there and it was out of position for him there so I don't know you're right because I mean it would make way too much sense to not he's so fast you think he's going to cover all that ground he must have said like he didn't want to or he would prefer playing there I mean it because I don't I don't know any other reason why yeah I I I really couldn't tell you that's the only thing that I
1: could come up with Um, you know let's continue with baseball but more so on just a maybe a prediction mode a little bit where time is limited obviously we only get an hour uh what are your thoughts about baseball going into 2022 you address the labor issues but just on the playing field you know maybe teams that you're kind of excited about to see um, hopefully the baseball fans that are out there are kind of enjoying hearing 5 to 10 minutes about baseball before we get back to football which is going to be the core of the show but um any any excitement going into twenty twenty two about uh, anything in, in particular involving baseball?
2: I'm just I'm I'm worried. I'm a little bit worried, honestly. I just I, I don't think these owners and the players are even close. I think they're but so. But they kind of uh, never are at this. No, I mean, and and, and wait it, till the eleventh hour, right? Absolutely, but just even before so before twenty twenty when they had to kind of come together late and figure out what they were going to do with the season when it got pushed back because of all the covid stuff. That was we were I remember even hearing before that and moving forward for years that this was going to be the time that was going to be the one to worry about. That this was going to be when 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 they were going to maybe really go on strike. And man, um last year there was just such bad like vibe with the whole, with, with all the sticky stuff throughout the year. I, I thought, I thought the, the level of play got a little bit better towards the end, but to me, it starts with Manfred. I'm a big leadership guy from the top down. If the person that's the face of your company or industry or whatever, isn't someone that people trust or isn't someone that has you know, the, the court of public appeal. Sometimes it matters. Sometimes it doesn't. I think when the face of your industry everybody kind of rolls their eyes and they don't think very highly of. I think that's a problem. Um and I yeah, as a big baseball fan, you and I are baseball dorks, we play at fantasy stuff, uh crazy fantasy leagues, I'm in all sorts of DFS stuff, uh daily betting. I'm very very worried that I just think that the the pace of play thing Um, and then the fan and the players didn't like some of the changes out there. You know, the three batter rule, you're getting rid you're eliminating. You're you're trying to change the pace of play, but you're eliminating things that are like very authentic to the the to the game of baseball. So I don't like being this negative. I hope that in a few months you laugh at me and say, Gino, you were so wrong here. But right now, I I wouldn't be shocked if we end up having to push the season at least a month or two back before they start. Yeah, I mean, that. look, that would be an absolute disaster
1: in a pandemic if they're arguing at that level uh, when, let's face it, we've probably the only reason people like you and I have survived the last couple of years is because of sports. And I'm not saying that jokingly. I'm actually dead serious. You know, uh, that time period where it was dead was very depressing. I know mentally speaking, there's probably a lot of people out there that uh, were in a lot worse of a position than myself. But I understand where they were coming from. Um, Americans are very, very obsessive about their sports. We love it. We need it. And um, I hope they, they don't jerk with it in any way, shape, or form. I think if they each approach this – and look, Tony Clark, he's really, really a hard-nosed leader And I respect that about them. But each side has to understand that they're going to have to give a little bit. There's got to be some concessions somewhere. One of the things that I think I hope the owners kind of concede to a little bit is how they handle call-ups. Don't disincentivize a team from calling somebody up early because of the financial structure. Address that. Right? If Tatis is ready to go, call him up. Simply put. Right. There should be nothing in there that makes it to where a team it makes more sense for a team to wait till May. I mean, how stupid is that? Right. So they got to address things like that that are favorable to the players. And then the players are going to have to concede on some things with respect to pace of play. And ultimately, that's how you're going to get something done. So I hope they use maybe like a mediator to help bridge the gap on some of these things that are kind of keeping them apart like you said right now they're not close i wouldn't expect them to be close in december or january they're probably going to use the time deadline as the leverage for each side all right well i guess we're not playing for you guys this year or i guess you're not going to be getting your paycheck this year and you kind of wait and see who wins that game of chicken but ultimately the fans are the ones that get to you know pay the price, if you will, when there is a labor stoppage. And more than that, it gives you a really, really bad taste in your mouth. So hey, let's take a quick commercial timeout, Gina. When we come back, why don't you let us know kind of what to look forward to in 2022 from all the projects that you're involved with. And then we'll get back to NFL, make a couple of predictions and uh, usher in the new year. Stay with us, everyone. We will be right back after this.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers.
0: channel streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voice america.com this is the mike abadir show if you want to call in today we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or send an email to Mike at com. Now, back to this week's program. Final segment
1: of 2021. Unbelievable that I'm saying that. This year just flew by really quickly. So, looking forward to 2022, Gino. I know you're involved in some projects and some things going on with you. Uh, all relating to sports, I believe. Why don't you fill us in a little bit on uh, what we can look forward to from Gino Bacola.
2: Yeah, I've been doing a lot of work uh, with a a website, Better It's a free content site where we do a lot of live streams, previews, stuff We've actually done a preview for every football game of the year so far Every Thursday game, every Monday game, every Sunday we do a preview show When football stops on Mondays and Thursdays, we're going to keep those shows And we're going to give out best bets for the night Whether it be basketball, college basketball, when baseball starts So it'll be uh, basically, hey, you're looking for some plays for tonight? We've got some for you, here's what's coming up uh, really excited about Santa Anita Gonna be partnering with Santa Anita They just opened their meet So every day that Santa Anita has racing We will have coverage for uh, of it on That's What She Said Podcast Also on social media We're gonna be doing a lot of these live stream Video streams on Fridays uh, to preview stuff for the weekend for Santa Anita And then Sam Houston, they open back up next week One of my favorite tracks, this will be year 3 Doing work with Sam Houston I've actually got some tentative plans to make a trip out there in February Once the football season's done to help them out for a night On one of their broadcasts, uh, one of their big nights they have of racing And they have that 12% takeout For all of the doubles, pick 3's, pick 4's, pick five. So you get uh, more of your money back as a better that's what we want right more of the money Coming back to us so Yeah from for now the next few months Will be a lot of Santa Anita a lot of Sam Houston we'll finish up with everything Happening in football and then we'll make the Transition and uh, get into uh, a little more Basketball looking forward to uh, We'll knock on wood and hope with March Madness comes again we'll do our March Madness Pool that we've had a uh, uh, now Four or four, five years running Where we've had uh, really really great uh, Uh, Response and people that are always looking forward To that so lots of racing Lots of football stuff man I've been doing a lot of really good Recaps on Star Wars stuff Marvel The book of Boba Fett show just came back The other night too so if you're Star Wars If you're Marvel fans we recap all The shows so uh, really busy But busy good busy Mike Good good busy so that's always uh, good news
1: all, all really, really good stuff, Gino. So check out some of these things that Gino's involved with, whether you're a football fan, horse racing, or a sports better, all good stuff. Uh, it probably does mean a little bit less of Gino with us, uh, but we will take him whenever his schedule allows um, because that's just what G does. He shows up and delivers on any platform that he's involved with. So good stuff there, Gino. Let's talk a little bit of NFL. Let's talk about the last couple of weeks. Let's maybe talk about some of our predictions. It's kind of funny because I'll start with some of my predictions that were a little bit more out there. Uh, I said that the NFC West was in its entirety going to go to the playoffs. I said the Arizona Cardinals were going to win the division. I had the Miami Dolphins winning the division. And at different points of this year, Gino, each one of those looked highly likely. And each one of those maybe looked highly unlikely especially the dolphin's one um what are some of your predictions that uh maybe felt
2: flat or are looking good let's see so the oh two one, two ga- two teams that i've played the over on so for the broncos i need them to win so I, I got the Broncos and the Panthers both because I knew their early season schedules were really soft. I played them at escalating overs of six and a half, seven and a half, eight and a half on those overs. So I literally need the Broncos to get one more win. And on the Panthers, I think I have a six also. So I'm kind of rooting for these two teams to see if they can get one win in the last couple of weeks uh, for them. The Broncos are still a little bit alive They're having some fun. I think a couple of the teams that I was sort of um, more excited about the predictions were the teams that I was just kind of cold on. Um, it felt like, and, and, and it's hard because it's kind of hard to pat yourself on the back for some of these teams that had a lot of injuries, right, or things that went wrong. But like the Saints, I didn't think the Saints were going to be quite as good because there were going to be a lot of things turning over. And maybe they would have won a few more games. They started out 5-2, and two, but then things kind of flipped back the other way for them. And they were starting a game their day with Ian Book, um, which was just uh, you know uh, crazy to, to think about. The Steelers were one that I sort of felt like this was the end of the line for them, and it it kind of feels like it too. Even games that they've won throughout the year, I don't think they've looked good at all. Like they don't do anything well, anything. They don't have any unit that's good. They just sort of like are well coached and they have a good infrastructure. So they sort of they just kind of end up in games somehow. And you look up and you look at the box score and you watch the games. It's like, how are they within a touchdown? And then they're they're just there. Um, So those are. I guess the two, the, the team that you I'm know, kind a of remarkable th- thing about the saints
1: though, that I want to mention, uh, they're the only team that's beaten green Bay, new England and the Buccaneers twice.
2: I mean, so th- they've got There's something about the team. matchup. And I mean, their defense is really good. Really? And they, good. And they still, and they're still deep. but for me, the thing that I've been disappointed with them is with is with their head coach. Like there is zero, zero excuse the other night, you're starting Book. How can Kamara only have 15 touches in that game? And why does Book throw the ball 20 times? Look around the other teams that have been decimated when they've had COVID issues and see what they do with their with their like best players. Jonathan Taylor, he gets 30 touches. David Montgomery, he gets 30 touches. The team even if their teams aren't good, but they have one player to lean on, if I think in the first half, out of the first 29 plays that were run, they had nine plays that were, uh, Kamara had nine touches and two targets that that he didn't end up catching. So 11 out of 29 plays were for him. If you would have told me 28 out of 29 plays were for him, that would have been less surprising to me. I think he gets too cute sometimes, Mike, and I think that's why he doesn't have two or three Super Bowls. I think he wants to prove points or show that he can do something as a coach versus do just win a game. Win the games, win and get off the field And I, I, it's not like Miami Has been impressive, Uh, they've won Winning seven football games in a row In the NFL is incredibly impressive, so Winning that many is, but they haven't looked Fantastic in in any of their games, it's not like They're a world beater, that was a super winnable Game for the Saints, and I'm a little disappointed with With how, he's a Like, same thing with Tomlin, those teams Win games because of their locker room It's really good, but he hasn't been that, like, fantastic uh, X's and O's guys le- like he- he's always kind of got that reputation of being.
1: Yeah, and to uh, back up what you are talking about with Kamara, uh, and look, they're on their fourth quarterback. I do think if Winston was uh, healthy throughout the year that they would have a couple of more wins and be in the thick of things. But like you said, you've got arguably the best running back in all of football. He's only had 20 attempts only in a third of his games, 20 attempts in just a third of his games. That's some of the attempt levels, you uh, 13, 11, 13, 16, eight. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I totally agree with you, especially because he's one of those guys that if you've got the lead, you give him the ball. If you're behind, you get him the ball. It doesn't matter what point of the game you're in. He is a fantastic weapon, can bring you back and keep you up there. You know, his year-end stats are probably going to look pretty decent. But overall, the way that they've used him, I cannot argue with you. Um, It's questionable at at best. I completely agree with you. He still may end up being a 1000 yard rusher. He's probably going to fall a tad short. He's got eight total touchdowns. You know, you would think that somebody like that should uh, be in the end zone about 14 times because he is that good. So I agree with you on uh, much of what you're saying. But look, with that said, they're seven and eight. They're still alive. Um, not very many teams. Four deep quarterback wise. You lose your Pro Bowl All World wide receiver that could still. Uh, My whole thing be is I don't
2: know how much they may not have. Won, f- they may not have lost That many more games, but I don't think they would have won That many more, like I think they're the type Of team that, like we, you kind of know what their Ceiling is, like they're not gonna, they were Even with Jameis, they weren't that good I mean they weren't gonna be a Super Bowl team, they were maybe a Playoff team, they could beat them they, they have some weird matchup with the Bucks, but They never even looked really good in when In the games they won, and that's the thing That I think I take the most out of this year in the NFL Nobody's good None. I I think the two games that they would have won in particular are the Giants.
1: Uh, They had a lead and somehow they coughed it up at home, lost in overtime. And I think there was an Atlanta game, same thing at home. They ended up losing by two. Uh, Maybe the Tennessee game, they lost by two. Uh, Yeah. But look, even in the NFL, even one or two wins is usually the deciding factor between being in the postseason tournament or not. But regardless, once you get to your fourth quarterback, it's kind of – going to be a tough road ahead. Even if you've got a really good defense, it almost doesn't matter. Uh, Let's talk about a team that is really hot, the Los Angeles Rams, probably the hottest team in football, at least from a winning streak perspective, or excuse me, the NFC, from a winning streak perspective. The Chiefs are the hottest team in football overall, rattled off eight in a row. What are you you liking from the Rams? What are you still kind of questioning from the Rams? What are you concerned about?
2: Stafford, man, he's been bad. He's yep. been really bad. Now, a few weeks ago, I think McVay did a very, very good thing when they started to run the ball a lot more. Yes. Because, you know, what happened at the beginning of this year, it was like, oh, Stafford's here and he can make better throws and he can do more than golf. I got a new toy. Let's play with this new toy, right? And you don't want to put all the pressure in the world on him every week to make every single throw. The thing that the Rams always did really well With the McVay teams was run the ball And and they were just like a really well balanced Offense so They stopped in the middle of the year running At all like at all They weren't running or they weren't even trying to run And I think sort of by Blessing uh, it was sort of um, By it may have been a blessing In disguise where Henderson got hurt and then Sony Michelle came in, and he was a little bit more of a between the tackles guy. So it's like, oh, Sony's here. That's what he does a little bit better. Let's put him in the spot to succeed. Let's hand him the well, ball. I think between. that's what happened, you know. I think right.
1: They underestimated the running game. You lost Cam Akers. You lose Henderson. Maybe we're we we don't have the the uh, you know personnel. And I think they overestimated their passing attack, right? And then I think, like you said, once they kind of balanced it out a little bit better. We've seen that michelle has got a lot left in the tank. He's not necessarily a cast-off. He's still a good player. And, uh, you know, at this point right now, when I'm looking at them versus other playoff teams, I think they could beat the Cardinals. I think they could beat the Cowboys. I don't think that they could beat the Packers or the Buccaneers in a meaningful playoff game. Stafford has not given us any indication that he could win the big games. That's the big concern.
2: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not as worried about I, like, I don't think it's a game thing for him. Like, I don't think the moment is too big. I think he's just a little bit inconsistent. And honestly, like, after the top three or four quarterbacks, that's kind of how everybody else is, right? You don't really know if you're going to get the A game from them other than the Mahomes, of Brady, and maybe one or two others. So that's sort of where, like, he's, Probably not as good as people wanted him to be, but I do think they have a much better chance to win the Super Bowl with him than they would have with Goff. And if they're running the ball like this, I think there are a lot of situations where the Rams have some of the best players on the field. They all they'll have a guy like Donald who can go out and make plays for them all the time. And I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, Cooper Cups had such a great year. If it is Odell making a big play for them. He may not be a guy that they lean on, but, you know, it's not bad to have him on the field. If you have to throw a ball up, he's a guy that's that's shown that he can go get it. So I think in a one game they could beat anybody. I don't know if I if three or four games in a row they could consistently show up with that top-tier effort. If they were in the AFC, I would think for sure they could win. Okay, NFC, so because we're,
1: we're, because we're limited on time and because we're ending the year, give us a revised AFC championship
2: and NFC championship matchup. Uh, uh, based on what I've seen in the last few weeks, absolutely the Bills. If Josh Allen is really? running, the okay. Ball, if Josh okay. Allen is running the ball like he is running right now, like he started in the second half of that Tampa game when they lost, if he runs the ball and it's and apparently he came into the game yesterday before and he told the the Bills uh, t- uh, locker room he was feeling violent. He said, I'm feeling violent this morning before the game, which they were like, what? And he was like, every play we're going. Every play is the last. We are playing every single one. And that was one of the best games that you will see. He was fantastic. OK, I so the Bills and who in the, in the AFC? Bills. I think it's probably Bills, KC in the AFC and the NFC. Give me the You know, I, I'm not that high on the Packers. I'm really not that high on on Dallas either. So yeah, let's say that the Rams can actually get there with Tampa in the uh, Rams, Tampa as the two teams in the, uh, as your final four there. Okay. My final four is, is Kansas city and the Cincinnati Bengals. And in the NFC,
1: I think the Cardinals get healthy. I think they get right. I think their head coach is going to be able to redeem himself a little bit. I think it's going to be the Cardinals and the Cowboys in the NFC Final four. The only reason I don't have Tampa is because I don't know about Fournette. If Fournette's in there, I would say Tampa. That's my final four. A little bit zany, a little bit crazy. But Gino, that is all the time we have, my friend. This hour has... Absolutely flown by. Thank you for joining us. We're so happy to have you back. Hopefully more of you in. And I'll pop back in. Yeah,
2: I'll pop back in if there aren't if there are weeks where I don't have uh, other stuff other uh, stuff right at the same exact time. That's unfortunate. And I and I spoke with you earlier. Maybe some weeks if we can record a segment ahead, or if we have an interview with someone and we can do that, and we can do it a little bit early. I have no problem uh, helping out, and we'll uh, we'll keep you know, having fun. I'll share everything and we'll go back and forth on social media and we'll we'll continue to have uh, fun groups and stuff for the fans out awesome. there. Awesome.
1: Well, there you have it, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you same time, same place in 2022. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone.